Decibel Geek Podcast with Aaron Camaro and Chris Sinzak. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Decibel Geek Podcast. I'm Chris Sinzak. Aaron Camaro will be joining me soon when we get to our talk with the special guest. I uh, just want to go over a little bit of the business first. We have a really exciting show for you today. I've um, been ex- excited to get this guest on for a couple of years now. Uh, his name is Chad Lee, and he's a professional rock photographer. And he lives here in Nashville, and the guy has shot photos of so many people, it's insane. When you check out his website, you're going to see just a whole smorgasbord of stuff. Lots and lots and lots of metal stuff and rock stuff that you're going to dig. And was a super great guest to have on the show, and I know you guys are going to enjoy the talk we have with him. But before I get into all the details and all the pertinent stuff of why Chad's joining us this week, uh, I'd like to go over the Geeks of the Week real quick. These are the people that shared on Facebook and retweeted on Twitter the link for last week's episode that we did on Hell. We have finished the Heaven and Hell uh, double episode, and uh, we live to tell about it. So I hope you guys enjoyed that. We had a lot of good feedback on it. It was fun to do. And uh, But, yeah, let's get to Geeks of the Week right now. Cal Hens, Brian Bates, Shane Abair, Andy LaFon, James Brendan Dunn, Scott Webb, Howard Tate, Jeremy Livingood, Joe Lascon, Alan Tate, Todd Cunningham, Dan Miles, David Alpazar, Billy Hardaway, Chris Karam, JTB's Groovy Record Room, Scott Ollinger, Lee Maslin of the Audio Junkies Podcast, Brent Walter, Matt Severson of the Paperback Rocker Podcast, Brad Kalmanson, Andrew Jacobs, Mike Blunt, Joe Royland of Sit and Spin with Joe, Warren Money, Miguel Nunez, Derek Novak, I Am Hoops, Mikhail Burrell, Adam Cox, and Viking Girl. Thank you guys so much for sharing the link to last week's episode on uh, Favorite Songs About Hell. And uh, if, you, if you're new to this show, and that, this is how the Geeks of the Week thing work, it's just a way to get the word out about the show, and also to get you some recognition for being supportive of the show. Basically, you just share the link to this episode on Facebook and re- and or retweet it on Twitter. It'd be great if you could do both. And uh, I'll see that, and I'll put your name down on the list, and I'll read out your name on next week's episode. It's just a good way of getting the word out. So uh, let's get down to it. Okay, Chad Lee's going to join me and Aaron here in just a second. I wanted to, The reason Chad's coming on the show this week is um, it's become kind of a worldwide event over the last few years, this thing called Ride for Dime. And uh, we're all big Pantera fans here at the show and uh, have wanted to do a Pantera discussion for a long time. And we thought, why not uh, have that discussion with someone who was on the inside and knew Daryl in particular especially well and uh, also who would want to talk about Pantera. And we could also do it for a great cause. So it's kind of a you know two for the price of one deal. Uh, the Ride for Dime event here in Nashville is going to be Saturday, September 27th, and we're going to get to all the details on the in, on the uh, talk with Chad. I just want to give you a real quick rundown. But uh, including on the Nashville version of this, it's uh, a Kiss tribute band called Kiss, K-I-S-T, uh, bands Erasing Never, Second Skin, a band called the Fucking Pantera Tribute Band, which is aptly named, a band called Fun Gone Wrong, and uh, is going to play. 
And there's a lot of special guests. Nick Catney's from Black Label Society is going to be here. Nick Bocott from Grim Reaper. Luke Carl, good friend of the show. Jonathan Montoya of Slive is going to be there. And hosting the whole thing is going to be Jose Mangan from Sirius XM. And Aaron and I are going to be down there. And uh, you're going to get all the details of how you can find out to do it and how you can also just donate money if you're not in the local area. You can still put money towards a good cause. We really, uh, we really hope you'll do that. So we'll get into it with Chad and get all the details for you. But, hey, we're going to talk fucking Pantera. How cool is that? So here we go with our talk with Chad. That's cool. I like that. So you are basically a, you're like a hotshot photographer. Is that correct? Well, I don't know if I'd go that far, but I think I would. <laughs> yeah, he is. Yeah, been, he is. I've been taking pictures, uh, doing concert photography for about 17 years now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you're not from Nashville originally, though? No, uh, Chicago. Chicago. Okay. I moved here five years ago out of a nasty divorce. Oh, okay. See? And I ran from the snow and the ice, and I'll never go back except for the pizza. Amen to that. And the I, occasional Slayer show. Yeah, I, I live there. I live there in '85 when the Bears won the Super Bowl, and uh, but I do Dumb not Bears. do not miss the winners at all. Ooh. Oh yeah, we, we uh, yeah, yeah right. we almost had we almost had an altercation when uh, Chad I almost got out, got out of there. I almost got back in my car and turned around, come on a Packers jersey on yeah. Sunday like that. Yeah, I seen him getting out of the car. I saw your Facebook post about the Bears. It's like, oh, I got to go change my shirt. <laughs> So I uh, wanted to have you on, especially this time of the year, because for the last couple of years you've been doing organizing the Ride for Dime uh, charity ride. And um, every year, the last couple of years it's happened and stuff's come up where I haven't been able to make it. But every year I've told Aaron, I'm like, we got to get this guy on the show because yeah. we love Pantera and we love Dimebag. And you have a, a real history with this band and with Dime himself. Um, well, let's just let's go back to the beginning of your relationship with, with those guys. How did that start? Boy. Um, it's it's deep, but not sometimes as deep as some people assume. Um, my first time, uh, the first time I saw Pantera, I think we're going back to like 1990. They were opening for Exodus and Suicidal Tendencies. Nice. And that was like right when the Toxic Waltz hit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, it's huge. And um, I, I remember like it was yesterday. You know, my buddy and I get down there, and uh, there's people outside, and they had their van and their banner out. And I literally remember people going, Cowboys from hell? What the hell, who the hell are these guys? They feel so, I feel bad for these dudes tonight. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, the show started and there was this skinny kid with a big ass afro and a lightning bolt guitar that melted your face the rest of the night. Yeah. And that was like back in the days of when, you know, you bought the T-shirt and you went back to school on Monday and you told everybody you knew about, dude. I saw this badass new band over the yeah. weekend. You have to hear it. And then everybody went and bought the tape and yada, yada. But um, that night, get to go backstage and end up having some drinks with the guys and getting high and whatnot and just had a good time. Yeah. And um, I think before, you know, the next time they came around was uh, with White Zombie. And then I did the same thing with White Zombie that I did with Pantera at that time. Like, they blew me away. Yeah. Right. But um, so... Through those years as a fan, I was I went and I didn't know that I was going to do what I do for a living, but I always took a camera to concerts with me, and so I shot photos then, and um, I just kind of kept getting to hang out with the guys every time that they were in town. Right. I wouldn't say we were friends by any means at that time, but fast forward, 
to Ozfest days when I was traveling with Zach, um, the last year that Pantera did it. Right. We just, you know, I was shooting the shows every night, getting to hang out, getting to know everybody, and kind of started getting close then. And then uh, it was, you know, oh two, oh three, when um, you know the Pantera was split, and uh, Daryl and Vince were going to start with Newfound Power, which turned into Damage Plan. Yeah. yeah. And that that year and a half or so, we just got really close. I mean, yeah. it was, you know, I did a lot of work with them. I did seventeen or nineteen shows with them. You know, did the last photo shoot at his house and all the Dean stuff and the Duncan and just. Yeah. We hung out and had a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, you mentioned how, you know, when you saw them, this was the band that you would run the next day to say to your friends, look what I saw. I've always equated Daryl's guitar playing as almost otherworldly, um, like where he was sort of a modern Eddie Van Halen. You Like, you know, people would be wowed by what they saw yeah. on stage. Cause, and, like, I put Eddie Van Halen and Stevie Ray Vaughan both in this league where you could literally hear their emotions coming out of the guitar. You know, it's funny that you say it like that, too. And uh, side note, growing up where I did, I saw Stevie's last show at Alpine Valley. Yeah. Oh, really? um, but that's uh, that's exactly how it was. I mean, that first show, you know, out comes this guy and just blew my mind with his guitar playing. Yeah. And um, it's funny the way that you say that, though, because I remember one day Daryl and I were talking and I was telling him about some new hotshot guitar player that I really liked. And now this dude could just shred. And he was like, yeah, but dude. You know, the guy could play a million notes, but can you sing the fucking solo? Right. right. And I was yeah. like, what do you mean? He goes, dude, you know, you could sing the solo to any Black Sabbath song. That's and true. I was like, yeah, you're right. So what you just said about making the guitar, yeah. you know, talk and sing, it's yeah, it's it's what he did. Yeah, because I mean, I only... He's a modern day Tony Iommi, if you ask he, me. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, that's, and, and that's fair, too. Um, and the band itself was... You know, if, if you never got to see Pantera live, you really missed something oh, because yeah, you, it, you, yeah. you talk about serious chemistry between the members on stage. Even if they weren't getting along, when they got on stage, it, all bets were off and they were just on a roll, you know. Pretty much. And, you know, it's funny uh, on another end, um, you know, the, the last four years I've spent out on the road with the Mayhem Festival in the summer with Daryl's widow, Rita, yeah. and uh, the dime bag hardware and the tent and the clothing and whatnot, and... Um, Hundreds of kids and, you know, adults alike come up every single day. And do we get kids, you know, from 5 to 10 years old that, you know, 18-year-olds. If, if you, a 20-year-old came up, they weren't even old enough to have seen Damage Plan, let yeah. alone right. Pantera. God, that's hard to believe. I know. It's, it's 10 years <laughs> yeah. this year. Uh, but, but they're still influenced by him. I mean, 12-year-olds come yeah. up and go, man, I wish I could have met him. And I tell everybody the same thing no i wish you could have met yeah. him because he yeah. was just that fucking cool well then let's get into to him as a person i mean everything i've seen has just been via video and stories that people that i know have met him the he could i mean the guy liked to party a lot but there was not just a little bit yeah <laughs> the, the, like aside from the whole wild man rock and roll image this was a person who had a serious good heart to him like it, like it seems like he 
the people that he loved, he truly made it clear how much he loved them. You'd be hard-pressed to go anywhere and find a bad word anywhere from anybody about... I mean, like, it sounds cliche, but, I mean, I've said it for years that, seriously, if more people in the world were like Daryl, the world would be a much better place. I mean, he was all about you and making sure that you had fun and, you know... It didn't matter how blown out he was. You know, if there was eight people standing outside the bus, it was, come on in, let's go up and do some shots. <laughs> I mean, it was, yeah. that was his, he was the life of the party, man. He yeah. had the biggest smile and the biggest laugh. And he, you know, I could talk for hours. He just, he was the greatest, man. Yeah. And how, how, would, how does that compare to Vinnie Paul? What, what, how, would you, how would you describe Vinnie Paul? Because they're brothers. I mean, are are they close like that, or are they about as polar opposite as you can get? Vinny's a great guy, man. I have all, I've, <laughs> I've had a lot of good times with Vince over the years. Uh-huh. A lot of them involve uh, tit bars around the country and uh, many bottles of vodka. Right. But, I mean, right. there's a uh, – I don't know. My opinion, because, like, the, 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 the current thing that goes around now is the, the media tends to either approach Phil or Rex or Vinny about let's get, let's get Zach – Zach Wild up there, and let's get Pantera back on stage again. Yeah, that's nonstop. That, Every time there's an interview with any yeah, one of those guys, it never that stops. always comes up. It's because the people want it. The man. people, right. and, people. and I, I don't know if it's even so much Zach as it is, you know, get anybody, get somebody. We just want to hear these they songs hear those live songs on again. Stage. Okay. You know? Here's my take on it. But you can't. And this is, you know, Rita and myself and several other people and fan. I mean, if they were to do something and play together. First, it couldn't be a reunion. No. Because, of course, Daryl's not here. Right. And, um, but if they were to do it, I mean, they, I really believe that it, they could do a, you know, Pantera remember, a, a tribute to what they right. did. Yeah. And what they created. And to Daryl's legacy and the music. And for the people that never got a chance to see it. But so, Zach is not, Daryl could play Zach better than Zach can play Daryl stuff. I'd agree with that. And I love them both dearly. I mean, Zach has been a very close friend of mine for 15 years now, but um, if they were to do something like that, it couldn't just be any one person. Uh, It would have to be the way I think Daryl would have liked it is a tribute and have his friends. Yeah. Rotate them. There you go. Can do it. Phil Demmel from Machine Head. Right. I mean, you listen to the Machine Head records, and you hear Daryl's influences in Phil's playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Five. Yeah. Who, uh, oh, yeah, he could pull it off. And John, John is, you know, John's, I'll talk later. I mean, he's one of the people I cite responsible for my career. Oh, really? Um, John from Shadows Fall is another one yeah. that could do it. Uh, so, I mean, there's, there's several players that would have to be involved. See, I and, like that idea. And it would have to be a tribute, and that would be... Well, Ideally, if in, you know my head, yeah, that's how it would go if it were to happen. Well, it would take the onus off of the person that's filling in because it's right. like I'm doing this as a tribute and I'm one of many. But what are you going to hear after the show? That was great, but you're no diamond. Well, yeah, they're, they're all going to hear that. You can't escape that. Yeah. No, you can't. And uh, you know that's. But see, and you know, uh, Allison Chains gets it with William. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I mean, any band that's had to go through something like that. You're never, ever going to satisfy everybody. You know, if Pantera was still here, they put out music, some of their fans aren't going to like it. When Damage Plan came out, that album did not get a fair shake. Mm. That album is amazing, front to back. I mean, and people just 
didn't give it a chance at that time because it wasn't what they wanted. Right. You know, right. they and, wanted Pantera. Exactly. Yeah. But, you know, you don't. Mick Jagger said it. You can't always get what you want. Yeah. But do yeah. you think that Vince's whole stance on being stonewalling about it, do you think that's really because I want to protect my brother's memory or do you think it's all a petty feud with Phil? He made a point, a good point in a recent interview when he said, you know, hey, dude, if you got, div- it's like a marriage. If yeah, you got divorced, you want to hang out with somebody, your ex-wife? You want to hang out with her? And I'm like, <laughs> right. not really. No, you're right. But if somebody <laughs> dropped 50 grand in my pocket every night to sleep with her, I'd be like, come on, let's do it. You'd have to yeah. at least consider it, wouldn't you? Of course. <laughs> I mean, again, you know, when you get divorced, you don't every every person you run into on the street doesn't say, "When are you going to get back together with your right. wife?" When are you going to get back and together with your wife? And it's different. I mean, there's a difference wife. between a marriage and the legacy that Pantera. I mean, like I said, you know, it's it's he's a he's a human. He's yeah. It's up. It's his call. You know? I almost wonder if he if eventually down the pike he's going to do it. He's going to do it, but he's going to do it without Phil Anselmo being involved. No. I don't think so. Well, yeah, we'll talk later. But uh, anyway, I'm sorry to stir up a hornet's nest. No, it's all good. It's just you know, Matt. It's just, just like any one of them. I'm just a small little piece in yeah. any of this, and uh, you know, no matter what I say, some people are gonna like it, and some people are gonna yeah. go fuck that guy. Yeah, I suppose your speculation is just as good as anybody it is. else. I yeah. mean, I don't. You know, I I'm a fa- first and foremost, I'm a fan. Sure, yeah. I want to see it. Yeah. Sure, and of course, if something happened. Well, sure. Yeah, I'd have a you know probably a piece and a job in it too. Right, but you know for now, I have my memories. Yeah. That's right. I just man, I. I'm and what we do have is, you know, last year I was uh, I, been working with Rex, and uh, I did two weeks with Kill Devil Hill last year. They're yeah, awesome, uh, great band. Oh, yeah. amazing! And um, we opened Rock on the Range last year. They mm-hmm. were first band of the three day festival. And Phil, before I mean the day even started, you know, they were, everybody was hanging out. So I took a group shot with Phil with them. The crowd had no idea. Kill Devil Hill had been doing, um, oh, geez, Mouth for War, I think. Yeah. And now I can't remember what they did. Phil came up and they did a song together and the crowd went ape shit. Oh, I bet. Well, later that day, Down played and then Rex got up and played. With Down. Oh, that's cool. So that kind of opened some doors. And then following that tour, Black Label and Down were out together. And everybody saw, you know, Zach and uh, Phil got up and they were doing I'm Broken together. Yeah. A couple of nights. Yeah. So the wheels started going. And I realized that we, Kill Devil Hill, were in Dallas the same night that that tour was. So I called Zach and I was like, hey, dude, yeah. we should make this happen and yeah. bring Rex over there because our show's later. And a couple of phone calls, emails, and the crowd in Dallas, hometown. Like it's Dallas. I mean, they had yeah. no clue. They oh. were. They had a good idea that they were probably going to Phil and Zach were going to jam. Right. And then Rex walked out, and the place just oh, went. Wow. Nuts. I mean, dude, I got goosebumps. So you almost had the reunion lineup right there. Yeah. Well, you had <laughs> part of what everybody's been clamoring for. Yeah, you did. You had three yeah, quarters I mean, I got of goosebumps it. telling you about it. Wow. Yeah. I mean, when I turned around and looked at people's eyes and faces, they were just lit up. Oh, it's good. It's um, you know, I mean, they, people just—I think you know, literally, some people shit themselves. You're, what did they play that night? Awesome. I'm broken. I'm broken. Well, wait, so you saw them first in '90. Yep. And were you were you getting to hang around them back in those days? Just you know, as a fan, like right. I said, we went and smoked some pot afterwards, yeah. and drank some shots, and then it, that just continued. You know, uh, the next couple of tours, you know, I'd go down to the Aragon Ballroom and they would play and. Uh, yeah. 
just somehow get to end up hanging out, and I always had a bag of weed on me, and yeah. a, you know, sniffed her whiskey in my pocket. Now, I re- That'll help you get backstage. <laughs> now, I remember being <laughs> in high school when the, the well, the Cowboys from Hell video comes out, and then the Vulgar video comes out, which was the the ultimate home video for a rock band. Oh, that was Jackass yeah. before Jackass. Yeah, it was. was a- and I remember watching it with my friends just constantly. <laughs> And going, holy shit! How it was like fun Cliff them all. You watched it every day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like so, so like there was. I mean, so you got to witness that firsthand. Oh, it was incredible. I mean, the things that you, <laughs> <laughs> the stuff that <laughs> I see. I'm, I can't. I'm, I'm stammering over it. The things that he did and those guys did were just. To amuse themselves right. was unreal. They were know? like extremists. They just they weren't having fun unless they were pushing the envelope as much as possible. Pretty much. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I mean, you go all the way to, to the end with Dime Vision with, mm-hmm. you know, Daryl and, and, and Outlaw burning the wheels off the truck and yeah. fireworks in the house. And, you know, <laughs> uh, Daryl and Vince's dad, um, Jerry Eldon, they call him, uh, lived here in Nashville. Yeah, he was yeah. like a, he had a studio. songwriter, studio, wasn't he? Still does over in Berry Hill. Oh, okay. And, uh, you know, I did some a couple. He he does bluegrass music. Yeah, and uh, so I shot a couple of album covers for him when I moved here to town. But he was telling me one day because you know I never understood when my son bought that big beautiful house and tried to burn it down like that because <laughs> <laughs> he can. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, I was. I remember seeing his father on their father on the videos, and I'd be like. How could such a sweet, gentle guy produce these two nutcases? You know, <laughs> right? Like, you know, Jose from Sirius one day said, uh, told uh, Jerry, said, "You're the man with the magic sperm." <laughs> <laughs> but you could the same could be said, you know, for the Van Halen brothers. Yeah. Dad. Well, it's, there is a similarity there. You know, both oh, yeah. both very gifted players, and and you know, he, like you said, Damage Plan was a very underrated group because Extremely. there was still that chemistry between Vince and, and Daryl, you know, and yeah. that never went away, no matter what band they were in. No, and you know, what unfortunately the world never got to hear and I got to hear is uh, some of that second record that never was to be that they were going back to oh, yeah, heavy. They, I mean, so, it, so they had laid tracks down. Oh, yeah, oh, okay. it exists. I didn't know they'd well, actually gotten Whether that far or not, you know, it ever sees the light of day. Yeah. You know, that's to be determined someday again in a perfect world. Yeah. I would love to see them give those songs to Phil and let Phil write lyrics to the music that exists. See, that's a way they could do something without even having to be around Fuck each other. Yeah. And yeah. you could still produce something for the fans. It'd you be know? just like the last ones they did yeah. record together. Yeah. Well, in my opinion, uh, the f- the first three albums of theirs, they were fucking untouchable. I mean, they... Yeah, yeah no doubt about it. Yeah. They were they were just and because I, I was in high school back in those days and I remember when the, every time one of those I heard them when Cowboys from Hell came out a friend of mine brought it over and I remember the guitar playing first was just, I was like holy shit I was like this is I've never heard anything like this and then when Vulgar came out I was just like these guys are these guys are, these guys are twice yeah. as good now as they were on the first album. And then when Far Beyond Driven came out, I was in shock because I was like, they didn't do what all bands usually do. They get success and they go commercial. They didn't. They went heavy. No, and yeah. then look what they did with reinventing the steel. Yeah. Right. I was like, uh, they, weren't, they were just like, screw being popular. Let's just do what we want to do. Uh, speaking of Far Beyond Driven, um, you know, we do have the Ride for Dime coming up here in three weeks. Yeah. And um, we always have all kinds of really cool giveaways and raffles and silent auctions. And this year... 
Rex Brown donated a Far Beyond Driven Platinum RIAA Record Awards. Holy shit. Presented to Rex Brown. Oh, He's wow. giving that away? We are going to auction it off at the show. That's incredible. What an amazing thing to be able to wow. have. That would look beautiful up here <laughs> on the wall. <laughs> yeah, yeah it would on, fit right I've up I've got there. a couple of them, you know, <laughs> made to me from the guys, yeah. but... Rex is far beyond. That's his own, yeah. Wow. Love to have it. That's incredible. Yeah. It, it would look good in my office, too. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> well, let's talk about Rex a little bit. I mean, yeah, he's kind of a bit of the unsung guy in Pantera. He's the more, he's less assuming. He doesn't speak a ton. You know, he does interviews, but he's definitely not a Phil Anselmo when it comes to being outspoken or a Vinnie Paul. Uh, no, he's not. But, you know, you sit down with Rex, and I mean, that's the assumption, I think, because, you know, the rest of the guys did a, a lot of the talking, but men. Rex to sit down and talk and talk and talk and talk about anything you want to talk about. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know if you guys do phoners, but... Yeah, we do. We can possibly arrange that. You know, they're getting ready to go out and do the motorboat cruise here yeah, in three yeah, weeks. Motorhead, yeah. Cruise. Yeah. Dude, it's Motorhead, Testament, Anthrax, Megadeth, Down, Zach. Wow. Uh, Kill Devil Hill. So you don't think they're going to possibly jam again out in the boat? Yeah, there will wow, be some... Yeah. I was supposed to go, but they don't come back until the 26th, and my ride is on the 27th. And I got you. I am oh. bummed. But um, Rex is, uh, you know, killed. he's got Kill Devil Hill going on. Um, they, uh, the, the, the response that we had on those shows, I mean, we did Rock on the Range, Rock, Oklahoma, mm-hmm. and then we did... Um, some off days with uh, King and Crowbot. King. And, well, I don't know King. if you've we heard love. of Crowbot. We, I, I've heard of Crowbot. I haven't listened to him yet. But dude. King, we've played King on the show. They're an incredible band. Crowbot is probably my new favorite band of the, the, the whole the year. I mean, Really? Dude. Check them out. Well, Crowbot. I'm taking you on your word on that. I'll but, check um, that out. Uh, so, you know, you know, the shows have been slamming. They went over and did Download and, uh, yeah. you know, a bunch of shows overseas. And uh, the book came out and did well. And... Um, you know, Rex is, uh, he's, he, he's good. Yeah. You know, they, Kill Double Hill closed our Ride for Dime, and uh, they headlined uh, the Dallas show. That was the 10th their tenth show down there this year. And, um, you know, like I said, they've been doing Mouth for War during their set, and uh, their guitar player, Mark Zavon, uh, mm-hmm. had him at the house, and um, I said, hey, man. You want to play one of Daryl's guitars at the end of the night? Yeah. And he was just like, are you fucking kidding me? I yeah. said, let me double check with Rita. And I said, yeah. well, if, if you did, which one would you want to play? And he's like, dude, the VW Slime. Yeah. So we went up and got it, dude. He set it up himself. Again, this is one of those things where the crowd had no clue. They knew that they were playing Mile for War and stuff. Yeah. And then, dude, he brought that out and they closed with Walk. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that's another one where I looked and I was looking at people's eyes yeah. when they realized, like, oh. <gasps> Oh my! Look, I mean, there go the goosebumps again. Yeah, like, yeah. dude, that's the slime, right? That's but sweet. uh, t- badass. Yeah. Rex and uh, the Kill Devil Hill guys are doing great. That's great. And um, so well, let's get into Ride for Dime a bit. So, for people that are not familiar with Ride for Dime, can you explain how it got set up and and what it what what we go through each year with doing it? Um, nutshell, ten years ago when you know everything happened, there were some uh, fans and. And friends down there in Texas, that you know they do a Stevie Ray Vaughan uh, memorial run and stuff yeah. like that too. And people are like, "Dude, we need to do something like that for Daryl, man." So they started it, and I forget how many bikes they had the first year, but it was minimal. But they did it. Right. You know, they went to the clubhouse, rode by the cemetery, and everything. Yeah. And uh, it just kind of progressed. You yeah. know, it was a, a con- they they did the ride, and then they did a concert, and um, I'll be honest, the first few years. 
I was, you know, been busy and it was just personal life and I didn't get down there. And uh, it's like four or five years ago, um, I went and uh, was down. We just got done with Mayhem. So Rita and I were in Dallas and took the bus over and all. I went and I did the ride itself. Yeah. It was August, you know, close to Daryl's birthday in yeah. Dallas. Like literally a hundred and fucking seventeen degrees out. Oh, imagine! And we did like this fifty mile ride downtown Dallas, and then you know concert at Tree. It, the whole way I'm like, oh my god, I'm gonna die! I'm gonna <laughs> fucking die! It's hot. Uh, people, I mean, bikes are pulling off, and as we're doing this, I'm like, okay, I'm getting involved. I'm gonna do this. Mm-hmm. I'm bringing it to Nashville where I live, awesome. and we're going to do it in the fall. Yeah. Right. We're going to ride through the fucking mountains. <laughs> so that's kind of how I got involved and yeah. started. Uh, I mean, through the years, I'd always, I had donated you know, photos and stuff for them to auction off and use for the shirts and the advertisements and stuff, along with you know, a lot of other people. And um, so the first year I brought it here, uh, I had um, Soil, Chicago-based yeah. band, yeah. friends for a long time. And David Allen Coe. Yeah. And then uh, I had uh, Jasmine Kane play, and I had uh, Angel Mary and the Tennessee Werewolves, local kind of country mm-hmm. family band. Yeah. And, um, you know, we brought Jose down, and, you know, it was, it, Nashville's hard. I mean, you guys live here, you know. <laughs> yes. Yeah. This town is, hard. there's a hundred events going on any given day. Yeah. Pretty true. much. Yeah. And, uh, and a lot of them are really good. Too. They are. Yeah, and, so. you know, while we do have a big rock and metal scene here, you know, sometimes it's hard to get people to come out and support shit. And, yeah. and it, so it went, you know, and then uh, last year I moved it to another venue. And uh, I mean, it's really it's a, it's an all year job, man. Like the day that it ends, the next day you start thinking about how am I going to do this different next year? I mean, it's a lot <laughs> yeah. to take on. But yeah. um, so last year I had uh, Seven Dust. Headlines, right on. Which, dude, I put Seven Dust in Nashville Center Stage, kind of a ghetto bar, right? You know? <laughs> yeah, and it, dude, it fucking rules. Oh, they're an amazing nice. live band. Oh, they are. Oh, they are. You know, yeah, and they yeah. have history with Daryl and all. And um, we did a a battle of the bands for a local band to get on as the mm-hmm. headliner last year, and um, so this year I've moved it out of downtown. I moved out to Murfreesboro. Yeah. At uh, Main Street Music. Which, I like that. It's a good venue. You yeah. know, well, and a lot of locals, people have been here forever, used to hang out there regularly. Me. Yeah. In college. Yeah. So now. I mean, I've seen a bunch of great bands yeah. out there. I've seen Faster Pussycat out yeah. there. A whole bunch. I saw Quiet Riot there years LA ago. LA Guns. Yeah. So well, the, the guy that has bought just bought the place is, compl- I mean, where do you guys see it? Yeah. It's completely oh, he's re- renovated. Oh, renovated, remodeled. Sweet. I mean, it's beautiful. It's a nice place out there now. Cool. And um, so I got Bumpus Harley involved. Mm-hmm. We're going to leave uh, Saturday, September 27th. Um, registration starts at 1230. Okay. Uh, bikes, kickstands are up at, of course, 333. Mm-hmm. And then we do a 75-mile uh, scenic ride over to Main Street. Um, but at the dealership, we'll be at all the riders, uh, you know, everybody that registers to get a raffle ticket. We're giving away a guitar there. Um, we got Nick Catneys from Black Label Society coming yeah, this year. Right on. Um, I've got Nick Bocott. Um, yeah, from for, uh, Grim Reaper, right? For people that don't know, shit. Nick um, was in a band, yeah, back in the day called Grim Reaper. See yeah. you in hell, my friend. Yeah, that's yeah. right. We've played it. And um, Nick also works at uh, Guitar World Magazine, yeah. where he did Riff for Madness in the columns with Daryl. And he'll tell the story. You'll hear him talk about how they used to pay him to go out around the country to learn how to play Daryl's songs from him. But in the process, he 
would go and get drunk and hang out with Daryl. <laughs> it was the greatest job in the world. No kidding. I'm nice paid work. to hang out with Dimes. And, nice. and get fucked up. Yeah, nice work if you can get it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and he also works at uh, Marshall Amps. Oh, okay. And Nick is like, he's the right hand to his artist relations for guys like Kerry King, yeah. Lemmy, Slash, Zach Wild, like... You know, right he handles the the cream of the crop over there at Marshall. Wow. So he was one of Daryl's best friends. He's going to come out and he does um, uh, an amazing tribute that I'm just not going to give away. Yeah. And everybody can see it or YouTube it. But um, so the music starts at Main Street at six. Okay. Uh, got a band from Ohio called Erasing Never. Mm-hmm. Big supporters. They were out uh, opening for Mushroom Head earlier this year. Right on. Um, Second Skin from New Jersey. They were direct support for Living Color last year. And both of these bands are coming down to play because they want to play. That's cool. You know, I mean, everybody donates everything. Yeah. And then uh, I have this new band, and maybe you guys can insert song here. Yeah. Called Fun Gone Wrong. Okay. I don't know if you've heard of them yet. No. Before I leave, we'll check it out. Yeah. show this year's benefits uh, Rock Against MS. Okay. And I'm getting winded, windy here, I'm sure. But uh, my friend Nancy Sale is a publicist out in L.A. And she's the one that, like, introduced me to uh, Monster Energy 12 years ago. I mean, it's a company that I've been working for a long time. Proud to be endorsed by them. Yeah. Um, she used to handle Janie Lane and uh, Kip Wing. I mean, she just... All the, you know... She ruled 80s, the strip back then. Yeah, yeah. Basically. <laughs> she and... Um, She's uh, she's got MS and she's got a brain tumor and wow. she's done so much for so many other people and uh, she's got an animal rescue. I mean, she's just a woman with a really big heart that I love dearly. And uh, in L.A. they started this thing called Rock Against MS. I'm getting off the ride for dime thing, but it ties That's it okay. in. Um, a bunch of people come together and they put on this benefit show to help Nancy out. Yeah. And, I mean, people like Bruce Kulick, uh, uh, Ray Manzarek. Uh, from the Doors, uh, Lita and Cherry from the Runaways, uh, James Lomenzo, Brian Titchy, I mean, Rick Springfield and John Five, and they all put this show on, and now it's grown into its own foundation. So that's where I'm going this year. And uh, okay. I also donate to a, a local animal rescue here, Proverbs 1210. That's where I got both my dogs at. But so um, Nancy, she can't work much now, but I hit her up because I was looking for a headliner this year, and she's like, I got nothing. So I booked a Kiss tribute band. Yeah, that's why that's I'm always ex- fun, excited you know? for this. When it was one of Daryl's, I mean, Daryl's favorite band was Kiss. Oh, so, right. without question. So I, I pretty much had it set. I got the two bands, you know, and then I got a Pantera tribute band coming from Atlanta. They're called the fucking Pantera cover band. Cool. Nice. <laughs> and, uh, and that's so, what we are. <laughs> so she calls me, though, after I've done all this, and she's like, I have this band. Do you have room? And I went, oh, man. <laughs> Short of it is, she started working with these guys, and they're called Fun Gone Wrong. They wear masks like uh, 
made out of like grocery bags. Yeah. Their fans <laughs> make their own masks and come to the shows and they call themselves the Baghead Nation. Wow. But so she has me watch the video and dude, they're playing Dean Dime signature guitars. They got this power groove biohazard hate breed metal oh, well, thing so going on. So then they on. fit right in with, with the whole theme. Totally. Yeah. And uh, they were just on the Uproar Festival out with Godsmack and shit. Yeah. And they also are going to come down and play for free. Sweet. They got hey, a two page yes. ad in Revolver this month. They're in Metal Hammer. Cool. So, Kissed, Fun Gone Wrong, and the other bands that I mentioned, Nick Wilcott. Yeah. It's, it's Jose Mangian from SiriusXM is our MC for the third year in a row. That's I got awesome. guitars to give away, drum heads, tattoos. It's going to be fun. That's awesome. And yeah, l- so if you're anywhere yeah. near the Nashville area, this is something yeah. you got to join us yeah. on. You know, we got a lot of friends here. We got a good Decibel Geek family going on in the Nashville area. I think we're all going to gather up. Well, yeah. This. yeah. I want to see all of you fuckers there. Oh, yeah. yeah. We're going to come out and hang out with us. I mean, we got totally a, kiss, a kiss band. They're the number one kiss tribute band in the area. They do full makeup, costume, stage show, the whole bit. Um, tickets right now you can get on stubwire.com. Search Ride for Dime Nashville. They're okay. fifteen bucks. That's not bad. You can't at all. beat that for uh, all no. that. All them bands. And no, all that and stuff. dude, literally everybody that walks in the door is probably going to walk out with something. Whether it's a monster wristband, a shot cup from Coldcock, you know, something. I mean, you're go- and walking in the door, everybody, every ticketed buyer. And is entered to win a brand new ESP guitar that's autographed by Corn. Nice. And Jeez. I don't care if you don't like Corn, you can put it on eBay. Put that thing care. on eBay and make your money <laughs> I back, mean, dude. It's all for a good cause. Yeah. Um, we got VIP packages for a hundred bucks. Yeah. I know a hundred dollars sounds steep, but that gives you exclusive viewing to the second floor. There's gonna be free food upstairs. There'll be drink specials. Everybody that buys a VIP package gets a gift bag with an event T-shirt, shot cup. Beer koozie, stickers, CDs. I mean, it's yeah, all kinds badass. of good stuff. So you're really kind of putting on the event that Daryl would have wanted to attend. I yeah, well, sure. Yeah. Sounds like a party. I because I think that sounds like something right up his alley, especially with the Kiss tribute band. That's gonna really boy. Now you've the already top. given me an idea. I think I'm gonna have to get Dan Halen to do next year and have a Van Halen cover band. Yeah, because yeah. he that'd be totally his thing too. Van Halen it? priest. <laughs> all right, see. It's not even the show's not even done, and I'm already thinking about the next one. <laughs> there you go, yeah. <laughs> Chad's in overdrive. So um, let's talk a bit about the Pantera you know, musical catalog. I mean, um, Cowboys from Hell comes out and basically sounds like it's music from Mars or something. Oh, it blew my mind. I mean, it was. I think the thing that really worked about Cowboys from Hell was the fact that like the Slayer fans and the fans of the really, really heavy metal and also the fans like Kiss and Priest mm-hmm. could all get together and agree on this band because, you know, it was a really, really heavy band. Yeah. But the way Dimebag played on that stuff was so, you know, like I said, like Priest, you know, like Maiden, like Kiss, you know, and, and Van Halen, that everybody that liked rock, whether you were into the lighter stuff or the really heavy stuff, could appreciate it all. Yeah. And, I mean, that's pretty much, and it's, you know, all the bands that you mentioned, those are... All of his favorites, you know. Yeah. I mean, dude, to this day, you walk into the into his house, and the jukebox is there, and it's got just about every Kiss album up to mm, Dynasty. Yeah, and you know every Priest record, a uh, bunch of Maiden. You know, I mean, so every Sabbath album. Yeah, so Sabbath. all those influences are. That's what was in his jukebox, and he listened to every day. Yeah, I bet you. You know, when Pantera came out, that was a good bridge. For fans that maybe weren't into the the heavy heavy shit, you know, 
to be able to say, well, you know, this is really good and kind of a gateway drug into the, the thrash metal for fans that might not otherwise listen to it. Sure. And, I mean, it, it was that middle ground, too, for people like myself that, you know, I probably still take shit for it. I mean, in that era, uh-huh. dude, I liked Winger, Warrant, oh, Slaughter, me too. Faster yeah. Pussycat, I loved them all. Poison. And, you know, I mean... Seriously, Daryl's old lady, Rita, yeah. dime ba- the bag's hag. Uh, <laughs> she still gives me shit for listening to that stuff. Oh, she wasn't in all that <laughs> stuff? Oh, God, no. Hey, yeah, to you and that fucking cock rock, she'll say. But, <laughs> you know, I did, I loved it all. But at the same time, I loved Slayer and Metallica yeah. yep. and fucking DRI and Obituary and Cannibal yep. Corpse. And, but Pantera, like you said, yeah, they bridged that gap between all of it. They were well, kind of dude, a ga- they were a gateway drug for people. And if you yeah. go back prior to that, Projects in the Jungle and all that, I was going to ask you about that. You know, the Terry Glaze stuff, big haired spandex band. Yeah. yeah. So, did you like some of that stuff? Oh, I love it. Do you? Well, you know, I like. You know, some of it reminds me of, like old Fastway and stuff. I mean, yeah, yeah I can it's, you know, it's good shit. I was going to ask, did, did Dime ever talk about those days? Like, did what was his what was his take on those songs? You know what, man? We never talked about any. Oh, that. really? I never, I'm, for some now that. You, I never broached that subject. I always wondered what he thought when he looked back on those those yeah. early albums. You know, I, I I really don't know, and I'm gonna probably have to ask Rita that one. Yeah. But it makes me think of Zach when, you know, we all know what Zach looks like now—the fucking Viking He's warlord. A, a quite yeah. a bit. And we all know what he looked like when we were in high school. Right. Yeah, no you, rest you, for the wicked. You'd have yeah. fucked him. Yeah, he was a, he was a glam <laughs> he was a glam rocker. So and he'll always say that, dude. Like. You know, uh, I I toured for a few years with Zach on uh, Ozfest and the Mafia and a few others, and at the signings, people would inevitably always, especially the chicks, yeah. would bring up you know old centerfolds from '88, '89, and yeah. dude Zach would always open it up and be like, "Dude, who's that broad? I'd fuck her." <laughs> He's the only case where Beauty and the Beast appears in one person, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so Cowboys from Hell, you know, has cool stuff, but it's it's a bit of a bridge, is also musically with. Because Phil did a lot more, you know, vocal gymnastics on that that album. Oh yeah, you know? Cemetery and, Gates, yeah, man. Yeah, he Badass. heresy, and you know, he he went yeah. really high on a lot of stuff. But then they dropped that. I mean, like, I honest personally, I like that he did that on the first oh, album. Too. Sure, I would have liked to have heard some of that on Far Beyond Driven, but it's just like. He had that mindset of we got to go heavier, heavier, and I always wondered if he was the one driving the bus on that, of the direction. You know, I'm gonna say that. Uh, Things that I've read, and even again, just being a fan, yeah. sitting here drinking beers, talking about Pantera. Um, yeah, I mean, think about look at the, sh- the stuff that he was into and the bands yeah. that he did afterwards. So, I mean, I'm sure he was, you know, part of it, right? But, um, you know, Daryl and Vince, uh, I think they all, you know, I mean, Rex and I were just talking about this, you know, uh, I mean, they wanted to be extreme. Right. They wanted to go against the grain. Mm-hmm. You know, they wanted to be faster and heavier and yeah. louder and yeah. just more, more, more. Right. You can tell that with the progression of the albums and yeah. how it just gets heavier and heavier and heavier yeah. and heavier. Well, it's the opposite of what most bands do. And when you right. listen to, uh, you know, the official live you know, oh, album. Oh, it's a great album. Dude, and, and Phil talks about, you know, and the radio says this is dead and the yeah. critics say this and, oh, this is our hit. Yeah. And <laughs> you're not going to hear it on the fucking radio, you're, yeah. you know. That's what I mean. They went for that, I think. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I can't speak for them, but yeah, it would appear. I mean, dude, when they wrote "Reinventing the Steel," it wasn't you know planning on getting on the radio. No. Sandwiched between you know Uncle Tom's Cabin 
and yeah. uh, Spoon Man. Well, when I heard that album in particular, I was, and I'm not a, the biggest fan of that album, although I think Revolution is My Name is one of the best oh, songs yeah. ever. Right. Goddamn Electric. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there's awesome. moments that are great, but I, when, I remember when I listened to it. It was noisy. In full, I was like, there's no way they're trying for a hit at all on this one. I mean, they're just... There's nothing no, and commercial they threw it at out all. there and it's still fucking just yeah boom <laughs> yeah it still did well but and that's the thing with them it's like you know it's funny because you know there's the the uh, similarity with Kiss because as far as the relationship with the fans goes because Kiss has fans that'll do just about anything for them and Pantera was the same way like I don't know I don't know that I've ever met anyone who said I used to like Pantera no. Either no, you love them and right. you stay no, you stay you a fan what? your whole life. I am one of those Kiss fans. I you know yeah. as we sit in your studio here. Yeah, um, we have Kiss stuff everywhere. Man, I'm that dude. Used yeah. to be a Kiss fan. I'm still a Kiss fan. Man, from I pride and here we go on a tangent. I prided myself for years, and my mom took good beer. <laughs> it belts as well. My mom took me to my first Kiss show, uh, New Year's Eve, 1982. I was nine. Creatures of the Night? Creatures. Oh, you lucky wow. bastard. And I saw every single Kiss tour from then up until, uh, what year was it they did to Aerosmith? 2003. Something like that. 2003, yeah. And I saw many of those tours multiple times, including Lick It Up, Animalize, Asylum. I mean, I hadn't missed a tour in 22 years. Yeah. The, you know, the... Farewell tour. Yeah, you know I saw it thirteen times because I wow. really believe. Yeah, you were this like, is it. I right. mean, you're trying to get your fix before it was over. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, now you didn't realize it was um, just the farewell to Ace Frehley. Yeah, yeah. that's and what it I'm turned cool out to be. When people go, "Oh, dude, how many farewells are they going to do?" I go, "No, they did it. The four yeah. guys are gone. Yeah, man. they haven't yeah. re- reunited with the originals." But uh, I'm that dude now that. Yeah, Gene Simmons is not getting any more of my money. Yeah, huh? <laughs> you're entitled to feel that way. And then, you know, uh, yeah, there's a segment of the fan base that's that way. They're just like, you're not dressing other people up like Ace and Peter, and I'm not dealing with that. So. When they were here, last time they were here, I went, I took my mom, and they put Tommy Thayer out there and yeah. sang fucking Shock Me. Yeah. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> yeah. I think they call that jumping the shark in TV. Yeah. But I'm still a fan. I love the music. Yeah, I love it doesn't tarnish what you used to like. But about. I'm yeah. just uh, the you know one of those guys. that's like, eh, you know, they gave Vinny his own character. They gave Eric his Eric own character. Yeah. They could blah blah blah. We can go for. I don't even want to talk about him. Yeah, we always turn into a kiss <laughs> show every time we do a show. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I have my memories of the way it was. Yeah. yeah, but with Pantera, like they're the fans. If once you become a fan, you're indoctrinated for life. Well, yeah, know? and that's I get where we started that. I've not heard any Pantera fans go, uh, you know what, fuck those guys now. I don't like them anymore. Yeah, it's... No. Yeah, once no. once you get the bug, then you've got Dude, it. I'll tell you what. This is another thing that we've noticed over the years out on, the, uh, on tour. I'm sure there's a shit ton of John Lennon tattoos. We know there's millions of Kiss tattoos. But yeah. being what I do for a living, obviously, photography, and then mm-hmm. being out, you know... On Mayhem Fest, actually, it was five years. We didn't go out this year with it. But, uh, dude, Daryl has to be one of the most tattooed people. Oh, sure. out. I mean, yeah. I have photographed thousands and thousands of tattoos. And when we are working on Dime Vision 2, yeah. and uh, there will nice. be a fan tattoo section in there. Oh, and that's cool. I've been photographing these yeah. Pantera and Dime tattoos for the last five years now. Yeah. And um, we'll have a fan gallery in there. But, yeah. nice. I mean, it's... It's unreal. I mean, dude, there's uh, there's a guy that's got uh, Far Beyond Driven tattooed, and I'm so Italian. You, I'm 
moving my hands and the radio can't see it. <laughs> our, our listeners are loving it. That's okay. <laughs> you know, guy had Far Beyond Driven on, on, his on, on his head. We were out to dinner one night, and uh, this dude comes up and he's like, excuse me, but are you Rita Haney? She was like, well, yeah, well, can I help you, sugar? He goes, I just have to show you this. And the guy had um, vulgar, te- and again, I'm going down to yeah. move to my leg and <laughs> use my hands that people can't see, but he had vulgar display power tattooed from just below his knee to above his thigh. Wow. And when he moved his knee, it looked like the fist was punching the face. <laughs> oh, nice. I mean, people That's are creative. dedicated, man. Wow. Kick ass. Dedicated. Yeah, they are. And we, and well, and I've gotten emails from uh, from listeners for years now going, "When are you guys going to do a Pantera show?" So, you know, it's, and I know that this will this one'll go over well cuz people have been wanting to hear that yeah. people talk about Pantera. Everybody loves Pantera. So, sure. yeah, we're big fans and uh, I saw them uh here in Nashville and I don't remember the exact year. It was like I think it was maybe 96. Performance Hall or uh 96 I think they were supporting Great Southern Trendkill maybe. I can't uh, remember exactly. Was that exactly. with Typo and Overkill or See, I got there late. I didn't see any of the opening acts. It was at Starwood. Oh shit! And but tore, the, tore the grass up probably. That's the thing though. Like me and my friends are at our dorm room, and we're like, "Man, Pantera's playing down at Starwood. We should go because it was a last minute decision." And I was like, "Yeah, let's go." And I was like, "We'll just get grass grass seats and we'll mosh because we were all into moshing at the sure, time." Duh. And uh, so because like two of our friends were like, "I've never moshed before." I'm like, "Well, let's go down there. We're gonna have fun." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we we get down to the box office, and you can see the hill where you go to the box office, and there's no one on the hill. And I said, what the hell's going on? And I asked the lady, I was like, why is there nobody on the hill? She goes, she goes, um, what was it? She gave us some lame excuse. And uh, basically they closed the hill off to avoid from people moshing. People rip, and people, wow. probably, you know, at Alpine Valley, the thing yeah, was, they, they used to do, do that they'd rip up the fucking grass Yeah, and they were scared, it. I yeah, guess. That happened when I seen Pantera at Ozfest in 97 at Alpine Valley. Yeah. And it was Marilyn Manson, Manson. was up there. And he said, you know, and it starts out, and I mean, I was young, and we were drunk wasted man and we're looking at the stage and all of a sudden i see like a meteor kind of go past yep <laughs> you know and then another one and it's like well, what the hell's going on here and then all of a sudden it's like you see more and then i realize it's it's chunks of sod you coming know, from behind up, you coming from behind hitting the stage and i'm like well this is crazy the Marilyn manson stops the song yeah and he says hey what do i gotta do for you pussies up on the hill paint a target on my chest and then, like, the one that was here and there all of a sudden turned into this show of yep. dirt and rocks. And, like, people are trying to crawl underneath their seats and hide yeah, from man. it. It was amazing. You, you know, the same I've never th- seen nothing like that at a show. And that happened up there regularly. Dude, when I saw them open, uh, Pantera opened for Skid Row yeah. up there, 94 or something, I think. Yeah. And, dude, same thing happened. You know, I mean, <laughs> dude, it, you were turned around not watching the show because you had to you're watch scared. your back. Yeah. Well, dude, because you're watching the dirt line, you're yeah, like thinking, I'm gonna get nailed. I'm gonna get nailed. The fucking rocks are gonna be in there. And- oh, yeah, because this is what ended up happening. Because we're standing there, and my buddy's like, "What are we gonna do?" I said, "Man, just just keep watching the stage. Just stay. As long as we concentrate on the stage, we ain't got nothing to worry about." <laughs> and then I was like, "Yeah, and we're doing good, you know." And it's crashing all around us. And I turned my head just a little bit and smash right across the corner of my eye. Man, I went down. Is like. What are you gonna do? Jump back up? Yeah, come on. <laughs> yeah. So, so the and it, at Starwood here in Nashville, the hill is completely closed off. Everyone's in the seating area, and they're like throwing people out for dancing. 
Like there was like it was like Gestapo type security. And so we're sitting there watching Pantera just beat the shit out of the stage, and I'm like, like damn, I want to hit somebody, and I can't do anything. It was like one of the most frustrating concerts I've ever been to. As I as I <laughs> as I've begun to say since I moved here. Welcome to Ten of Fucking oh, Seas. Jeez, yeah. I was just like, and I took to my two friends that were looking forward to moshing. I said, "I'm sorry." <laughs> I was like, "I guess that's the uh, difference from Wisconsin, where the security guards are just like, well, that's what they do. Have a say, beer, and I'll turn my head." I will <laughs> say that the band was great, but Phil was out of control. Yeah, well, that happened. He was <laughs> a mess on stage. I mean, like, I we saw, we figured out why in the behind the music and everything. You know, sure, he was he was doing some hard stuff at that time. Yeah, yeah, not, and, not uh, even things that were fun. Yeah, he was like half comatose through most of that show. Wow. Yeah, there were some bad there were some bad shows. Yeah, I guess it's you know that's what caused the rift in Pantera. You know, yeah. you got guys trying to put on amazing rock shows and guys that are dealing Isn't it with true that, problems. That you know? around nine eleven was kind of the end of the band, wasn't it? Uh, they canceled a show or something on 9-11, and they never got back together again. No, it was like September. You know, it's dude, it's coming up. We yeah. can probably Google it. Yeah. Um, God, it'll be uh, 13 years this week from the, since the last Pantera show ever. Wow. Damn. It's like September 8th, 7th, something like that. Yeah. So how close did you get to Daryl during the end times of the band? Uh, before Damage Plan got put together, or you know, was it after Damage Plan that you got close well, to it? Was, it was right before Damage Plan that we really, really, I mean, like, you know, I don't, I talk about Daryl a lot, but like, even like when, when, what, when he was killed, I didn't do any, in, people were coming, I didn't do interviews, I didn't want to be that guy to go like, oh, I knew him, dude, I was his best friend, you right. know, I, yeah, I, just, well, you I felt for weird, yeah. but, um, you know, it well, literally it was that you know 2003 that we got really close. Uh, I'm you know I would, I would call him every other day and you know just shoot the shit and um, but you know it was uh, reinventing the seal. I did a couple of shows on that. I shot a few of the shows when they were out with Sabbath mm-hmm. and you know we hung out. We knew each other. It just yeah. was that last year and a half that I mean I can't speak for him, but Daryl was one of my best friends. Right. I mean yeah. I could call him and talk about my you know i'll be like dude my old lady was such a bitch today and work sucked and oh dude i got to go see i fucking met fucking you know the scorpions last night i mean dude the night that they met here's a good funny one. the night that they got to go meet eddie and alex yeah i mean this is huge for them right i mean because they had never met yeah i don't remember what the reason was but i called him up at you know seven eight o'clock whatever it was for some bullshit reason and the answer is funny. He goes, dude, Chadley, I can't talk right now, man. I'm getting ready to walk into Eddie Van Halen's dressing room. And He's I went. Freaked out. <laughs> what the fuck did you even answer the phone? Yeah. I'm like. That tells dude. you what kind of a person he was. Because well, at first, I'm like, if I was walking into Eddie's dressing room, I'm not taking any phone no. calls. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, dude. He's so excited. He had. He had to tell somebody. He's like, dude, I got to <laughs> tell Chad what's going on. You know? And awesome. I mean, you know, dude, he'd call. You call it like four o'clock in the afternoon. You pick it up and you're like, "Morning." <laughs> <laughs> he was great, man. I I just I love that he he still had the the fanatical rock and roll childhood you know spirit even oh, even did. to he the was last kid, day. Man. Yeah, he, he was, was a kid. He just he truly loved music. I mean, it just because I remember the in the behind the music. I, I can't remember who it was that was saying. It was somebody saying talking about when the. When the memorial service happened with Eddie Van Halen putting the guitar in the casket and everything. Oof, yeah. That was heavy. And saying that, like, if you had told 
Daryl while he was alive that Eddie Van Halen's going to put that guitar in your casket. He would have said, "Kill me now." Like he he was that much of a fan of yeah. the stuff, you know. But, you know, and, and I think everybody is, and that's something I learned, you know, in my photography career many years ago. The guy that bought my first photo and published it, uh, this guy Jack Now, he worked for EMG Pickups, uh-huh. and um, they bought a Zach Wild photo for me that ended up on the signature box. I mean, it was sold around the world, but um, Jack told me once he said, "Look." Don't ever lose sight of being a fan. If this becomes a job for you, yeah. it's over. Right. And, you know, as long as you're still a fan, you're going to always love doing what you do. Yeah. And Daryl was the same way. And, you know, not to the extreme of what, you know, Daryl and Eddie's guitar, but, dude, if you would have told me, I mean, like, when Elvis died, yeah. I remember my uncle traveled across the country to go to the funeral, and it was just big huge thing it's in, oh I mean, yeah you know but major yeah. yeah dude if you when i walked in and i saw a photo that i took a daryl on his the card that they handed out the service that fucked me up wow and if you'd have told 15 year old me that you know i mean in my book daryl was the elvis of my generation sure i mean yeah. to me he was yeah he was and i mean he was bigger than life and you know i mean i could say that about a lot of things in my the 15 year old me still gets a Raging hard on over a lot of things that I get to do and the people that I get to hang of out course, with. Of course, yeah. Call friends, you know. I mean, that's why it's great. And that's, yeah. but exactly. If you're still a fan of all of it, then you're, you know, you still get excited. Well, that's why we do this show. Exactly. We don't, we don't even get paid to do this, and right. we, but we have fun with it. <laughs> exactly. We get to talk to these people that we listen to growing up. You know? And and that's exactly it. I mean, you know, dude. I remember one night we were. Uh, I mean, as a fan, you know, in the early days watching. The guys, and they would bring people on stage to sing and do silly shit and yeah. whatnot. You always were like, man, who are those guys and what they get to do and how do they know them? And, right. you know, I remember one night, Daryl, you know, brings me up and I get to do walk and he hands me his guitar. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> I'm on stage with Dimebag Daryl's guitar and they're playing walk. So afterwards, we're at a strip club and, you know, we're getting just fucked up. <laughs> and I kept telling him, I was like, dude, you don't get it, man. I finally, I mean, I dorked out, I fanned out. Yeah. And I was like, man, you don't understand. The things that you've done, and yeah. if you'd have told me this, you know, back in the day, and he was just like, shut up. We're just two guys trying to make each other famous. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Nice. <laughs> you know, and he just crammed shots in my mouth, and that's about all I remember. Yeah. But I mean, I literally was like, dude, you have made my childhood. I mean, yeah. if you'd have told me I was the guy at 15 that was, you know, like, man, only the chicks with big tits get backstage passes. Mm-hmm. You know, if you'd have told That's me a kiss show. that yeah. I get to do the things that I do now, yeah. then I'd have told you you're nuts. But, you know, right. I started that way, too. When, as a kid, my parents, my mom's friends, uh, one of her best friend's husband worked for Cheap Trick. Yeah. So starting out when I was just little, I mean, you know, I went to school with Rick's kids. They went to our church. Uh, you know, I went to go see them. Yeah. I, you know, he worked for Kiss. I had passes, lick it up, animalized. Like, that's awesome. This was normal to me. Right. At yeah. Eight, nine, 10, 12 years old. Yeah. You know, oh, everybody you doesn't. doing that. They're normal people, too. Everybody yeah. doesn't yeah. get to do this. And then, you know, 16, 17, 15 hits, and I'm like, wait a minute. Like, you don't just get to go backstage anymore? No, you don't. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> oh man. So, um, well, let me ask you this: When so Pantera basically calls, well, they don't. I don't know that they ever officially called it quits. They just sort of stopped. Yeah. And um, him and Vinny start putting together Damage Plan, 
and you were talking to him through this period. Yeah. Um, I mean, was he excited about doing this? Was he like, yeah. all right, I'm done with Pantera. Let's yeah, do this. basically, you know, and dude, Daryl was like a chick when it came to like writing stuff down. Like, I mean, diaries, journals, notes, recording. So, you know, I mean, dude, we'll be down at the house sometimes still, and Rita's got these boxes of tapes. Yeah. It's like, you know, like the Lost Lennon tapes. You yeah. know, like, you know, you get up in the morning and she's just got a tape in there. Daryl. Sitting on the shitter or walking around talking about, man, last night I really blew one out and we went to go see someone. I mean, just yeah, talking. Oh, really? Wow. I mean, yeah. Oh, so he put his life down on tape. Oh, yeah. And wow. paper. Is that ever going to see the light of day? I hope so. That like would be really should, enlightening yeah. to see what he was I mean, dude, talking I about. still get blown away, man. Like, when I was in the studio with Rex down there at the house a couple weeks ago, they rehearsed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's these CDs, man, that are just, there's, there's stuff that, pe- not full songs, but... Songs that have have solos on them that you've never heard, and yeah. you know we popped one in, and I was like, "Oh my god!" For twenty five years, I've known this song this way, and, and now it's here's totally, totally different. different. Wow! Wow! So like outtakes and stuff right. like that. Because I know I think uh, Vinny said that that song "Piss" was the last official yep. unreleased that full complete. song that was different. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard an interview with Terry Date recently, and he talked about it's it. he's like he had forgotten completely about that song, and then when he heard, it, he's like, "Oh, I remember when we cut this." But yeah, he said that when when they would go in and do albums, for the most part, they would write what was needed for the album and move yeah. on. Yeah, Daryl would just you know lay down a hundred different solos and pick out the one that he right. liked. Yeah, but um, so yeah, when they were doing that, I mean, they, he pretty much had like written it. You know, I mean, there's papers like he had to say, "Okay, man, I am fucking moving on, yeah. and this is what we're doing," and you know, full into well, it. Was thing because like the whole the, the behind the music thing really pointed the finger at Phil as being the reason the band just split. I mean, is that do you think that's accurate, or do you think they were all just kind of tired of doing it? Yeah. <laughs> I think that, you know, the way from where they came from... I think they ch- come it from. seemed like they changed a lot as people over the years they of were doing Of course, yeah. you know, and f- money and fame and... And uh, like we said about pushing the envelope, drugs you know, and pushing, you know, and how Phil, far I mean, can you go? Give it to Phil. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he did have some medical issues and whatnot. Yeah. I mean, you want to ask me as a fan personally? I was mad at you know I didn't do I didn't talk to Phil for a long time. Yeah, I mean, like we didn't before what happened. You know, I mean, Superjoint was on Ozfest in '04. Mm-hmm. We had it was dude it was uh, Black Label Slayer Priest. You know, and dude, we, I mean, in the Black Label bus, we were barbecuing every day. Yeah. Had this big grill out. The Slayer guys come over and, you know, super joined, you know, the FYE tent was out and Phil and the guys would come by and, you know, he just give us this look and not stop it because we yeah. were on the other side of the fence, you know? He always seemed, I don't know, he just seemed to carry this air of not superiority, but like he always wanted to be, like he chose to be an outsider to that group. But I, I mean, I think that was the thing, other. Outside influences, chemical, yeah. whatever it was, because dude, I've been hanging out with him again the last couple of years, and Phil is fucking a fun oh, is dude he? to hang out with, man. Oh, well, I mean, good. he's a yeah. great guy. I'm happy to he's hear that. He's very outgoing and funny and loving, caring, giving. Yeah, just happy to be alive. And I mean, he's a good dude. Man. Yeah, just because I mean, it the... shows the difference between living in complete utter pain. Yeah, and not and not, you know, and the difference you're gonna see in and your then, life. And you know, I mean. However, any of us chose to deal with it when that all happened, it happened to Phil too, and he didn't get to be a part of it like everybody else did. Right. I mean, because you know he wasn't that, allowed. That makes me yeah. feel bad for him in that oh, way. Oh, dude, you know? terrible. Yeah, yeah. It's a uh, and at the time I was like, eh. 
Yeah, well, a lot of people were. A well, lot of people know, pointed the finger squarely at him over as it. As far as, but see, you can't, you know? I mean, yeah. dude, if you read. Because at the time, you got to think, people are thinking, well, that's it. We're never going to see Pantera again. You know, who do we, you know? Let's, right. Let's blame And who know, took it away from us to begin with? You know, and everyone kind of pointed at him. Well, which, you know. I don't know if that's and totally if you fair. Go, you know, if you go back to the beginning with Down, even. Yeah. I mean, dude, a side project. Is never good for the core band. No. Ever, never, never, never. Yeah. I mean, look at hell yeah, Mudvayne is no more. Right. right. Which I miss them. I, I miss Mudvayne. I love that too. band. Or solo albums. Yeah. Exactly. Solo albums and side projects. It's no not good. good for the core no. band. <laughs> never is. It tears a band apart. You know, and um, but so I'm sure there was lots of reasons. You know, uh, if you, I mean, you read Rex's book. He puts a lot of it on Vince. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so there's a there's a difference of opinion there from the inside. Well, well even I was difference. trying to say earlier, even like musically, like we said, how it got heavier and yeah. heavier and heavier. And by that last album, you know, how much heavier can you really? How much further yeah. can you push it before it becomes just noise? You know, well, before it becomes, in my opinion, super joint. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm not sorry. I'm not, I said it. I'm not, a, I'm not the biggest fan of super joint. <laughs> it's noisy, man. Yeah, yeah. it's and, all too know, far. But that's my me. personal opinion. I'm I'm not one that uh, I don't like to. Judge, I mean, dude, if you're making music, good for you for making music. Sure. Right. It's all perspective. Right. Yeah. yeah. But I, uh, so, you know, talking to Daryl through this, this period with Damage Plan and everything. So, I mean, it, it's, it sucks the way it ended because it seems like from the stories I've heard and from what you're saying, it, he was at a point in his life where he was really at peace and happy with what he was doing. Or was he was he or was he bummed out that Mate- that Pantera yes was not no, still man. doing it? I mean, it they then. were they was they were really at the, I mean at the end, dude, they were looking forward to going home. I mean, it was Christmas was yeah. coming, and which Daryl fucking loved. You know, they were going in to work on that you know that second album, which they were about to go ahead. You know, back to fucking knocking you over the head with. Yeah. Right. And uh, but at the same time, dude, I mean, those shows even where it happened. You know, and boy, ten years ago, I would just never even thought I could even speak about it. But right. they was bummed, man. I mean, it wasn't that he was above doing playing no. these places, but he was like, "God damn!" But it was a big step down. I mean, yeah, like, you know, he's like, "I have to go back to the minor leagues now." Dude, I mean, I can yeah. remember one night we're at the House of Blues in Chicago, and they had just played this fucking amazing show, man. I mean, knocked it dead. You know, knocked it out. It was actually. Um, well, early '04, um, sold out show with uh, Drowning Pool and Hatebreed. The guys from Disturbed came yeah. out and sang with them. And nice. but uh, this kid came up and he got to the foundation room and he wanted to get a. He's like, man, I got my slime out in the car. You know, they won't let me out and come back in with it. Can you help me? I want to get it autographed. And it's one of those things I'll just never forget. You know, Daryl was like, dude, back in the day, I'd have sent four guys out there with you, and you know, brought you back in myself. He goes, but. Just can't do that shit anymore, man. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, I was like, oh, uh, you know, but he blew the guy up and fucking got him drunk all night, bought him shots right. and left voicemails for him. I mean, right he was on. like, dude, I I don't have a bodyguard and three security guys that I can send out to. Yeah, go. he's like, I don't want something to happen to you. Yeah, yeah well, yeah. and we're to you know tell the. I mean, it just, you know, I mean, they were playing in some shitholes and uh, not getting. It had to have been humbling. Yeah. 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 So you witnessed this firsthand. Oh, yeah. You, know, you were, you were Phone there. calls and, you know. Oh, man. But, I mean, they were still having fun. They were doing it. They were. Well. And those last shows, dude, literally those last shows were like, you know, pickups to get back home. Right. You know, dude, the night after. The night after. God, I forget now my days get confused. 
I was supposed to go to the show before the eighth and deliver a guitar. Um, they were, you know, the Razorbacks. Daryl had created it and done it. Dean yeah. lived up near me in Chicago, yeah. and um, the guitar had not been had the paint job yet. I was going to pick the guitar up from Zelinsky's, take it to the show before, and um, where were they the night before? I can't remember now. Um, sure. But I was going to take it, and then we were going to do a photo shoot, and they were going to photoshop in the graphics on it later i mean because it was already this is december right. nam shows a month away i mean catalogs got to get done yeah. and um guitar wasn't ready yet so it was like all right dude i'll see you tomorrow mm-hmm. and then i mean literally it was that night you know the the night of the seventh or the i wasn't going to make it the next day it was going to be flint michigan uh and you know we're going to go and i was going to go up there deliver it Ride the bus back, get a rental car, ride the bus back because the next night or the 10th was a show in Chicago at the House of Blues. Okay. It was like a Toys for Tots. Like they were going to play eight in the morning. And all I could think was, how the fuck? We are going to get shit faced. Of course, yeah. And ride, you know, back to Chicago. Yeah. How the hell are they going to get unplayed at eight o'clock in the morning? We're ready to go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, Drowning Pool was on it, Saliva was on it. Um, yeah. But anyway, so that night, the 7th, you know, the guitar wasn't ready again. And uh, I called him and said, hey, dude, I'm not going to be there tomorrow. And he says, all right, man, I'll see you tomorrow. He said, I'll see you tomorrow. I love you. I said, I love you too, man. And that was the last time I ever talked to Daryl. Wow. Wow, damn. So how did you get the news? Man, I was at, on the 8th, at um, a soil show of all places. They were doing their first show with uh, their new singer, AJ, at the time. And it was a secret show at this little place called the Penny Road Pub in Barrington. And... um, yeah, you know, it was an invite thing, and I all I knew that I was going to the show the next day. I was, you know, so I wasn't going to get all lit up because I had to drive tomorrow and right. two days with Daryl and Vince and everybody was going to be rough. <laughs> you had to prepare. And, yeah, and then a morning show on the tenth, and um, yeah. man, somewhere during the show, um, it, it gets hard. Yeah, uh, I got a phone call from a kid that ran a Zach Wild fan site and told me that, you know. Somebody, another guy had said that this is what had, something had happened and there was a shooting. And all I can remember thinking was that you're fucking kidding me. Like, and I remember telling the dude, you're fucking, you're bullshit. If you're fucking, if if I call people and tell them this and you're fucking kidding me. Yeah. Fuck you. You know, here, I mean, you're, you're, it, it, this is unreal. This doesn't happen. It's like, right. this doesn't happen. It doesn't well, it was, seem real. Yeah. It was so bizarre. Like, it was. Yeah. So, and then, so then, um, he got Deej, the kid, the, the, you know, that was at the show to get on and got someone's cell phone and called me. Yeah. And he still didn't know really what had happened, but he knew that Daryl had been shot and other yeah. people had been shot. I mean, it was, you know, it's been 10 years, man. My memories, I've kind of suppressed some of it. And knowing that, I was supposed to have been there. Yeah. You know, I mean, with the guitar, I'd have been down in front or who it, knows. It, I mean, yeah. you know, speculation is what it is. But yeah. um, for the longest time, it was still unsure. And I'm like thinking, okay, so I know that something has happened. Okay. Somebody in the crowd got shot. Some, I mean, yeah. Daryl, now it's been confirmed Daryl had been shot. I'm like, in my head still, okay. He got shot in the hand or in the foot because it ricocheted. Yeah. I'm going to go tonight, and I'm going to go see him in the hospital, right. and right. we're going to be fine. And somehow in that next hour, man, uh, you know, it was confirmed, and Whew. I was just... Well, devastated, to say the least. You know, I called Dean Zielinski. I called Rita. Did and at have- the time, now I look back and I think, 
you know, those guys were high school sweethearts, and like I call her to go, oh my god, what? I mean, like, oh, did you have to tell her? No, Vinny had called her, oh, but okay. I, you know, I was, I had made that. I called, and you know, dude, actually, the first thing I did is I called fucking Daryl's cell phone. Oh, you did. Yeah. Well, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna call Daryl and see what. It was just a reflex. Well, yeah, yeah but you know, I'm thinking, okay, so they're on stage, and I mean, I just didn't know, and then yeah. Before Soil had gone on, they're getting ready to go on with their first show with their new singer. And uh, Adam comes out, and I mean, I'm fucking tears are just, oh, of yeah. course. I, you know, I mean, because I don't know everything yet. All I know is that it's happened. Yeah. And Adam was like, dude, what's wrong? And I just kept telling him nothing because I don't want to fuck up their right. show. Yeah, yeah, you're trying to stay. I mean, because they're all yeah, friends, and I mean, you know, they recorded some acoustic stuff at Daryl's yeah. house. I mean, it's all family. Yeah, it would have screwed it all up for them. And yeah. um, finally, I mean, I let, he's like, he knew something was wrong, and I told him what happened. And when I said where, you know, he was like, I've fucking been to that place. It's a shithole. And Rick, I'm sorry. I'm not calling your club shithole, man. It's not <laughs> your fault. No problem. Um, but when I finally, when I got the confirmation, man, I mean, I could still, I, I just, I've never had another a feeling like it in my life. Yeah. And I remember I walked in and I walked downstairs and here I am using my hands and you can't see it. That's okay. <laughs> I walked downstairs and soil is playing and I just, I'm like, I'm apparently had, they stopped. Like, I mean, I looked at everybody on the stage and they could see my face and knew something bad had happened. You know, and I I walked down and I told them and they made the announcement. I mean, they had the hair standing up in their arms, man. And uh, from that, man, it was pretty much phone calls. Yeah, then it was chaos. Figuring out what was going to happen. I mean, yeah, that's that. Mm. Yeah, it was. I remember the. I remember uh, seeing it on the internet the morning that it happened, or the next morning. I woke up to it. I heard it on the news the next. Well, morning. I saw it on TV. CNN actually, and I well, I saw something like guitarist killed on stage. Well, my wife was getting phone. My <clears throat> ex-wife, <laughs> she was getting phone calls and emails all night from fans that started seeing it and hearing it because yeah. everybody. I had already been talking about going to this show, right. so people yeah. thought I was there, and you know, then they were calling her and. Yeah, I remember seeing it, and I remember I got up because I got up before everybody else that day, and I started pacing the room. For some reason, I start pacing around and just saying, I can't believe this. I can't believe this. Yeah. My wife was like, what the hell is wrong with you? And I was just like, it, it's bad enough that somebody I really look up to, who was a, I used Myers. to be a guitar player in a band, never played on anywhere on, near on the level that Daryl did. But he was a huge inspiration to me. I mean, he was a huge inspiration. And I remember just thinking, oh, my God, the guy that, like, inspired me the most guitar-wise is dead. And I, and I told him, I was like, it's bad enough that he's gone, but it's twice as bad how it happened. And, yeah. and you know, having said that, you know, if Daryl would have, uh, when it first happened, I mean, myself and then a lot of people thought that this is not, this is fucked up. This is not right. It's not fair. And it's not. And it wasn't. But yeah. in your head, you were like, dude, he was supposed to like go out with a fucking bunk liver yeah. or something, you know? Yeah, you would think. But you know, if that's the way that he would have went out, I mean, dude, Janis Joplin is a legend and Bon Scott is a legend and Hendrix. But yeah. what's the downfall? Oh, they choked on their own puke because they right. were drunks. Yeah. Yep. Daryl was put into instant legendary status. Because he was because stolen from us. Just like John Lennon. Yep. Yeah. Because if you look at like a band like Nirvana, and like musically, I think on the global scale, Nirvana is probably a lot more revered than Pantera. 
But if you look at it as like Dimebag and and Kurt Cobain's memory, I think more people latch to Dimebag Daryl because, like I said, he was stolen from us. Nirvana, you know, that ended because Kurt Cobain took himself out yeah, of the Yeah, Daryl had no intention on leaving. Dude, Daryl right. loved life, you know. Yeah. But, I mean... Yeah, he he'd be happy to still be here making music. Sure, yeah. sure, and and he was so like you said, so loved, and every, you can't find anybody to say a bad thing about the guy. It was like that day, the world lost a friend more Fuck, than more yeah. than just an iconic metal guitarist, but the world lost a friend. Even if you'd never met him, he was the kind of guy that you would look at and say, "If I knew Dimebag Daryl, he and I would hit it off. Oh, and you, you would, would get yeah. along yeah. so good because you know? that was his thing. Well, yeah. that was the, the it's crazy like the. The vulgar you felt the connection. Well, the vulgar yeah. video, and then the was it the three, three. video? Those two videos is as crazy and as wild as the band acted. It's so endearing the way he acted on those videos. Like there's like one what scene. Did he act? No, I don't know, but the way, like his just behavior. Yeah. Like there's a scene where I think him and Phil are sitting in some hotel room with like a little tiny Casio keyboard, and they're writing a, a stupid song. Oh, and it's just like. This is so cool because it's just like it's the same. It, this is the guy I would have hung out with in high school or something. Yeah. Dude, Rita has recordings again of things like he did this thing called Coloring Book Bobby. And, dude, <laughs> it's just it's Daryl in his hotel room doing three voices yeah. and telling a story. And, I mean, it's. Yeah. He was always creative. Yes. Yeah. He just he couldn't Man, help it. I would love to hear some of that stuff. I can't wait till the day that hopefully that all gets released where we can all enjoy hopefully. it. Yeah, I would and you I know, would I'd love to hear this the audio diary stuff that she released, that's what I'm talking about. She yeah. released a song last year, uh, Twisted. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. is separate from and then Piss was a Pantera thing. Right. Twisted was Daryl. You can see find it on YouTube, you can get it on Amazon and iTunes and stuff. Yeah. All right on. And well, so you stay in touch with Rita all the time. Yep. And so how is she doing? She's good, man. Yeah. You know, I mean, considering, you know, I'm, it's it, considering that, uh, you know, she misses this same person that uh, millions of other people do. Right. But, I mean, as far as, you know, life, she's good. She's yeah. living out in, in L.A. now. She still has a house in Texas. We spent a week down there, a couple weeks last month for the ride. And, uh, yeah. Talked to her yesterday. I'm actually sending her some tomatoes from my garden tomorrow. Cool. And uh, <laughs> that's good. See, See you guys, that's, that's like something family. I really appreciate. You know, you, Chad, and Rita. You know, because it doesn't take a lot to keep the legacy of Dimebag Daryl alive. The legacy of Dimebag Daryl is going to last forever. But the work you guys are putting in to make it so that. You know, even all these years later, we're still you're cushioning the blow for us, you know, and you're you're giving us something to celebrate. You know, it's not so much a, a reason to celebrate, but you're giving us a platform to celebrate at. And I, I thank you guys. For I appreciate that. it. And you know what it is, man, is dude. it's like my grandma used to say she was a dental hygienist and she used to say, ignore your teeth and they'll go away. Yeah, dude. <laughs> it's like anybody. If you, you when you stop talking about him, yeah. that's when he's going to go away. And yeah. if you don't. You know, you keep him up there, and everybody, and, and it's keep him his spirit alive and well, and that's part of what Ride for Dime does. Well, you know? and yeah, and the fact that it's still going, and it's, it's, it seems like it's getting bigger it's getting every bigger, year. Dude, we moved to, we have a ride in London now. That's nice. crazy. Yeah, so yeah it's, it's awesome. Just, <laughs> yeah, it, it shows how uh, just, it it shows how enduring his his spirit really is, and yeah. you know, and all these big names that are working on it and everything. It's a, it's really incredible. It's a testimony to how great of a person he was. Exactly. So. Um, we're going to be out there, and you guys that are listening, we hope you'll show up with us and uh, hang out and have a good yeah, time. Yeah, come out and interview anybody you want to do. You know, dude, you can broadcast live if you want to. Oh, we, hey. yeah, we'll definitely be there recording stuff for sure. But, um, yeah, um, 
we're excited to hear the music and, uh, you know, just the, the fellowship. We've got some surprises in store, too. Cool. Nice. Well, yeah, we're excited. So, And just give the dates real quick on that. Saturday, September 27th. Okay. Red Bike Registration is at 1230 at Bumpus Harley of Murfreesboro. Okay. Uh, you do not have to have a motorcycle to attend this yeah, event. Yeah, because I don't. You can come out and <laughs> hang out at the dealership. We're going to have free food and beer and music and giveaways. Jose and Nick and everybody. Then we do a ride. The concert starts at, at we leave at 3.33. Um, the, the concert starts at 6. Cool. And, uh, you know, we'll be there till 2 in the morning getting drunk and doing shots. Come on. Well, nice. yeah. So you guys that are, you know, close to Nashville, come out and hang out with us. And we'll I've got people uh, we'll flying. Fun. Dude, i got people riding their bikes from Wisconsin, Illinois, nice. and Texas. Well, I'll go ahead and Heck call yeah. them out. Warren Money in Western Australia, come out and hang out. Yeah, with come us. on, get you a pull. <laughs> so, yeah, we got a. He said he posted a, a photo of uh, his car. He got one of a Decibel Geek sticker, put it on his car, and it's got the Western Australia license plate. And I was it's like, beautiful. that is so cool to see your your thing on you know somewhere across the world. But Chad, so thanks so much for coming on this. It's been a lot of fun and uh, great stories, and it's really cool to get your perspective on this. Stuff. I appreciate you having me, man. Thanks, and. Uh, if I can, uh, a quick plug, my, you know, my company name for 16, 14, 15 years was rockconcertphotos.com. Uh-huh. Um, I've since uh, this year squashed that and started a new company. It's called Chad Lee Photography. The I website like is chadleephotography.com. Cool. When I started it 16 years ago, and I'm going to ramble just for a minute, <laughs> uh, you know, there, there wasn't as many people doing what I do I didn't know how to I mean I just the name of the site came off the top of my head and I I took pictures of rock concerts yeah since then I've you know weddings and and dogs and animals and vacations and I'm a photographer I don't just shoot that and since then you guys are on the internet you see dude every kid with a camera has a rockstar.com hotphotos.com concertpics.com I needed to brand me, right. you know, yeah, and my body of work. So yeah, and you got um, to the point where your name, you know, means something with the photography. This, for uh, sure. the, so the site uh, actually goes live this week, ChadleyPhotography.com. Cool. Um, you'll be able to search out any of the bands that I've photographed, and you'll be able to go through. I go use my hands again. You'll be able to search, <laughs> like, say, Black Label. I mean, I've shot them. 200 times wow. you'll be able to look at pictures from every show that i've ever photographed in order by year by show you can pick out places that you've been wow. and seen them and then uh we're going to be doing um some artist edi- uh limited edition numbered artist prints the first three artists that i'm working with mm-hmm. maria brink from in this moment oh sweet chuck billy from testament nice and rob flynn from machine head we're doing uh, oh, that's eight awesome. by tens i sign them and number them they sign them you know, part of the proceeds go to charities that I work with, and by buying them from me, you know you're getting the real deal. You're oh, gonna yeah. have a lot of demand for those Maria Brink ones. <laughs> oh, that's a band. I love her. I love yeah. that band. They're huge Kiss fans, Pantera fans. Done a lot of work with them over the years, and they actually have a new record coming out this year. We played nice. the song "Horror" by them on. The oh show. yeah, that was a great tune. I like that. So Chad, uh, I'll be and I'll be putting a I'll be putting a link in the show notes for this for for Chad's website for Ride for Dime for and probably for all the bands that are going to play too. You're using your hands like I yeah, do. Yeah, I know. I do it too. So <laughs> we're, we're an animated bunch. See, we need to here. do a video show because you guys are missing out on all these cool hand gestures, right? So, and yeah, you see this one right here. But oh. um, yeah, so uh, decibel geek. TV.com. Yeah, there we'll have go. to do that. So, yeah, Chad, thanks for doing this, and I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. Cool.
All right, I hope you enjoyed that talk that Aaron and I had with Chad Lee, professional photographer and uh, the organizer for the Ride for Dime Nashville chapter. We're really excited to go out to this, and we really hope to see some of you guys out there at it. It's in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, just outside of Nashville on Saturday, September 27th. It's going to be a great ride. It's going to be a great concert. You can also bid in the auction on guitars signed by Korn and a guitar signed by Hailstorm, who just signed one for Chad locally here in Nashville recently. So, hey, hope you all, you guys are going to check all that out and come see us at the show. And thanks again, Chad, for coming on there. Check out chadleafphotography.com. And all the, all the links to pretty much everything we talked about in this show is at decibelgeek.com. Look in the show notes there, and you will get a link to everything we talked about. I think I covered it all. So thanks again, Chad, for coming on. And thanks for Pantera for fucking existing. Hope you guys enjoy it, and uh, we'll see you next week.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 